afternoon, packed house sports fans. We have an absolutely wild day today. In some would call it packed. It, it's packed. It's packed. All right. It's uh, it's packed to the brim. We got a, a sold out stadium here, and just absolute chaos in Major League Baseball. The latest report out of Jupiter, Florida. Obviously, last night, boys, we were all up till about three in the morning, Big waiting mistake. for waiting for much better news. And as of four minutes ago. From Jesse Rogers at ESPN, Union Source says says that they were always far apart on major issues. It was MLB's optimism they were pushing in regards to yesterday. That was, in quotes, ridiculous. That's per a uh, Players Association yes, guy. Yes, So And MLB also believes via Bob Nightingale, who, welcome back, Bob, welcome back to the scene. Bobby Knight. Yes. Has, uh, <laughs> he has reported that MLB believes the talks have gone backwards today. So, woohoo. Yeah, um, not exactly the way we wanted to open up the show. I, I was I, I was feeling pretty energetic about it the past couple of days, but here we are in immediate reactions, gut reactions. What do we think? I was feeling pretty energetic about it about two hours ago. I was yeah. feeling pretty energetic about it ten minutes ago. We were out playing catch. I'm still pl- feeling pretty energetic about it, and I don't really know why. Because I don't think it's going to happen. It's it's really fun. It's weirdly fun to follow. Like, you know, yeah. we have like Twitter feed. I'm on NBA Twitter on um, NFL Twitter and you see highlights of Ja Morant throwing down these ridiculous that was dunks. Crazy. That was And then the yeah. full court pass. I've never seen anything like that. The full court pass inbound 0.4 seconds left. Crazy shot. Steven Adams needs more respect for that, by the way. That was a great pass. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I do have to but watch then, that. I've heard about it. Well, I, have not not seen full, it. <laughs> I haven't watched the full court pass. It's, My rid- it's ridiculous. It's like the AI play except full court. Like it's, Christian Leitner? I think so. I don't know. You've never seen the Christian Leitner play? Come on. Pull it, pull it up. Pull Final it up. four. Pull it up. I'm but, pretty, it's Grant Hill throws it to Leitner. <laughs> he catches it at the free throw line. Turn around, bang. Yes, no. Yeah, I, yeah, have yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. I'm pretty but, sure it's Final Four versus UNLV. Yes, uh, there that's we go. what it was. Um, but what I was getting at with that, with the John Morant stuff, is we have these incredible highlights coming out of other sports. And then the most exciting thing that's happening in baseball is a bunch of old white dudes walking through a parking lot every now and then and then that's what and I was paying attention reporters to, yeah. freaking out when Rob Manfred says we're working on it or we're getting at it or something like that. It's gonna happen. It was the only quote they had from the guy in throughout this entire thing. Exactly. Rob Manford should be fired. Well he should we're resign. getting way too ahead of ourselves here. We we got some other problems to figure out before we figure out who's leading us. It's a question though. It's it's let's definitely say, a question. Let's but. say let's say that the lock the lockout it happens. I mean I guess it's a lockout right now. Officially, like, I believe. A let's say that really affects. Let's say it really happens like the NHL won a couple years ago. Games get canceled. Is there a season? Or is it? Is it like the... Uh, oh, I, think, uh, I think it's the 88 season that just never... They, it happened halfway through and there was never... The MLB season just never happened and there wasn't a World Series champion. That's only ever happened once. So will that happen... Or will the, there be games? The 88 thing was a strike. That was a player yeah. strike. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a lockout, which is basically the same thing, except the strike the lockout's was player-induced. The lockout's when you don't have induced. a CBA. Yeah. The, the lockout is owner-induced. The strike is player-induced. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and the good thing is, this started in December. Yeah. So, if we get a half season, it's not going to be the second half that's canceled. It's going to be the first half. And let's be honest, you play 162 games, 20 games, not that big of a deal. Not Once you huge. start, I don't know, like... But people don't realize how big of a deal it is in baseball. Like if you're a casual baseball fan, 162 games, if you play 60, the same thing should happen. But no, it's not like no, that at all. No way. Like, you need, I feel like, 120 games to, to really get a big enough really, sample size. Yeah, I agree. Because baseball I, is such a 
It's a weird sport. I think we I think the sport as a whole is okay if the first month, month and a half maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. two months gets canceled. Now, let's be honest. The first month it. is like, that's, that's fine. That doesn't matter. Once in we get into anyway. late, once we get into late May, that's, that's getting when problematic. It start, that's when you start getting to the dog days and you start seeing the contenders, you know, summer's approaching. Well, and, and it goes in, it's a bunch of kids like who are potential fans that show mm-hmm. up to games. Those 40 games are 40 opportunities for a dad or a mom to bring in their kid to a game and for them to fall in love with a sport. And it's for MLB to gain fans, the uh, sport that's rapidly losing fans. Yeah. You know, so. And, and it's just not good for it if we like start missing all these games. I'm, and again, the first month we could, that we could get past that. Like, that's okay. It's a massive failure from a union and an owner standpoint, but. It's like, it, as from a fan standpoint, we can get past that. Yeah, it's okay. I agree. But w- again, once we get into May, June, like that's getting really, really bad, and you're losing fans rapidly at that point. So we have an update from Bob Nightingale. Oh God! A minute ago, so we heard the MLB uh, side, or we heard the player side of things, and now from the MLB side of things, MLB spokes- spokesperson says. They couldn't make us a CBT luxury tax proposal last night, so we agreed to extend the deadline to exhaust every option till today at 5 o'clock. The MLBPA has a decidedly different tone today and made proposals inconsistent with the previous discussions. Now, wait, this is 5 Eastern time, so 4 Central. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Most people listening will be Central time. So. Yes. Yeah. And so basically what the league has said, they have, they have presented their best offer, they will present their best offer, and they expect – it's basically from – they're expecting a drop dead deadline at five o'clock today. Here's our best offer. Take it away. Yeah, they're expecting best offer probably with minor, minor, minor tweaks. It that's what it takes, and it won't get any better. This luxury tax thing is. Can you explain going, it, Vicky? Because I don't think everyone. I don't. I haven't read enough to understand luxury. Not a little, but there's only so much you can learn in two days. Nobody really knows. Let's be honest. The luxury tax is all about the money. It doesn't. It comes in the salary cap, too, and I believe it's kind of just like your extra salary cap. So it's like you have your salary cap, then you can spend into the luxury tax. Is that it, or what is it? So basically, MLB does not have a salary cap. It has a That's luxury true. tax. I, I knew they didn't so, have a salary cap. No, no, it, yeah, yeah. it's all good. Um, So what that is, is if team, if the Yankees, they, they exceed it every couple of years, and then they drop below, and then they exceed it, and then they drop below. The Dodgers have exceeded it for seven years in a row now. It's because you can just spend as much but money as you want, and exactly, there's no punishment. Exactly. And the threshold right now is $210 million. So if, you, if you're spending $210 million on players, you're going to pay a substantial tax to the league as a team. So and can't you get like fine picks and stuff too if you're way like that's kind of part of the tax or is it all money to the It league? just increases every year. So if you spend 7 straight years above the luxury tax threshold, you're spending more and more and more money every single year. If it's your first you're just year getting taxed more than exactly. normal. Just like just like if you're buying a $5 thing and the tax is 30 cents, all of a sudden the tax is going to be $5 on that $5 purchase. You yeah. Know? And then, so basically, from a labor negotiation standpoint, the players hate this because they want teams to be able to spend as much money as they possibly really? want on players. Owners want that 
they want a salary cap. In an ideal world, owners would want a salary cap and no salary floor because that limits to what they can spend. So from a player standpoint, you're trying to incentivize owners to spend as much as possible. Because if you because they don't want a luxury tax, so their contracts and they're worth more. Right. Ex- They're getting signed to more money and making more money. Exactly. Because it, it incentivizes competition. It, it's it's a little bit like, you know, markets in yeah. in the real world. It, it's exactly like markets in the real world. If you have competition between corporations or whatever, it's it's just better. And the, the, it incentivizes them to spend more and make a better product. See, from a fan standpoint, though, at least in my opinion— I would be a fan of the salary cap because it evens the playing field for your Oakland A's to your New York Yankees to your. It depends on who you're a team a fan. Cincinnati of, Reds. As a Cardinals fan, they're always probably top ten, top twelve, and being able to spend money, but they don't have enough money to be able to compete with the. Neither do the Giants. You know, they they don't have enough money to compete. No, the with, Giants. The Giants are the Giants exceed luxury tax. A yeah, lot. but I'm saying they don't have the money to compete. They don't have as much money as the Dodgers and the Yankees or the, the Cubs. Even you know, like. The White Sox don't have as much money as the Cubs. The Reds and Brewers especially can't spend as much as the big coast teams. You know, the kind of that Midwest, except Chicago, Kansas City, for example, too. Like, just teams I'm throwing out. I I think it kind of adds a layer to the sport in the same way that, like, European soccer has relegation and promotion. I think it, like, when you have the poor teams that you can root for every couple of years, the Rays, the A's, whatever— when they're good, yeah. everybody likes them because they're the underdog, and that's cool, mm-hmm. even though their owners are, you know, massive scumbags. But that's, yeah. Like when they're spending, you know, a hundred million on their roster every year, it's probably, it's, you know, the A's were like at 80 million this year. It's, it, it's really cool to see those poorer teams in smaller markets make a run at it against, like, the the $230 million Dodgers. Yeah, so you made an interesting point with European soccer. They have a system that I think is really interesting. I don't know exactly how it works, but let's say, like, your team gets $100 million worth of ad revenue, and then you add $500 million worth of just tickets, set merchandise, all the other stuff that you profit. You make $600 million. You can only spend, let's say... 75% of that 600 million or 75% of that billion dollars you made. So then you can only spend 750 million and that's your cutoff. I think that would be interesting for the MLB to implement something kind of like that. So that is what's referred to as revenue sharing and mm-hmm. that is a massive issue in NFL. Um not so much in the NBA, but the NFL and NBA, what they do is they they share revenue a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because everybody is right up against the cap in those leagues. Everybody's right up against the salary cap. There's kind of no like Yeah. There's no like teams that are just super cheap on their rosters and no, everything. Everyone's spending as much as you can. Exactly. So in the MLB, revenue sharing is kind of a a red flag word for the owners because they they don't they don't want to share revenue if if they want share to share revenue with other smaller teams. market teams. So you know what it, what I was saying with the European is that it's team by team basis how much they made that year is the percentage that you get to spend. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that like, makes sense. Now. Let's say Manchester City makes a billion dollars. They can only spend these aren't real numbers, by the way. Mm-hmm. They can only spend seven hundred and fifty million of the dollars on players and stuff. So, if a team were to bring in, you know, it's still a team in the Premier League, just understanding this, brings in twenty five million, they can only spend the same percentage. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
We've got another update. This oh. is from the player's side. Alex Wood, San Francisco Giants. For what it's worth... He's been active. MLB has pumped the media last night and today that there's momentum towards a deal. Now saying that the player's tone has changed. So if a deal isn't done today, it's our fault. This isn't a coincidence. We've had the same tone all along. We just want a fair deal to play ball. And he's right. The way that I'm reading all these tweets today and seeing all these reports, it's whatever happened last night, obviously we know some of the details. We don't know all of them. Right now, it seems that they're spinning it. So if something doesn't happen today yeah. by five, it's on the players. And yeah, that's what I, it's not it fair, like me, obviously, no. but... That's the way we're looking at it right now. And one of the main things that they talked about yesterday that there was debate about was the expanded playoffs. And I believe there – obviously, there's no official deal yet. I think they've yet. agreed on 12. Yes. But which I, I really yeah. like. Yes, I like 12. 14 is too much. That's literally almost it's half the, the league. 12 is good. It's, except, the better, it's the better of the evils for me. Except it's two of three. I would have loved a 12 with a 3 out of 5, I think, is perfect. But then again, you're giving the team the first-round buys. Yeah. There's already kind of first-round buys, though. Well, there's going to be first-round buys, but it's only three-game series, so it's not like they're laid off for, you know, you can get your rotation. The first-round buys right now are just one-game series wild cards. We we already kind of made that point of you can't really have a five-game series Mm -hmm. and then a team's off for a week. Where I'm assuming is... Let's say your first round by maybe you're off for five days, six days probably, because the team will play. I bet it's just a two out of three series, no off days. If I had to assume, there's no off days in that, so that's three yeah. games, and then you have a day before and a day after probably, so that's probably five. So you're probably looking at six to seven days you're off. Which, Oof. but I'm saying in the normal playoffs, you're probably off for five-ish days anyway. It's I think it's Three. like four. I think, yeah. So I two days isn't that huge of a difference, you know? I, I would ask a manager that because I really I think get with they momentum, would disagree. But think about with your... It really depends. Think about with the all-star break. You're so, off for that long. You can yeah. rest your arm. Your pitchers get rested. You get to... All those guys banged up. Your catcher is healthy again. You know, all those guys you got to think about. And, a grueling season, a week break... And, and you're facing playoffs? a team that's already down to their fourth and their fifth yeah. starters. Exactly. And it, it honestly depends how – so the way – it's sort of like the old NFL playoffs. The way that this 12-team playoff is going to go whenever it happens, if it happens, is it would be the two best teams. The four-division winners. Yes, the four-division winners. And then the two – Records. Yes, yeah. and then the best – then the two wild-card teams. And the two buys would go to the two teams with the best records, mm-hmm. correct? Two Here's, teams, two division winners yeah, with two the divisions. best records. Here's the thing. What if there's a division race where it comes down to the last week and you're pushing to win this division so you can get a bye, you end up not winning it. Then at least you're the home team in the three. You're the home team, but then it's... And say you're the Los Angeles Dodgers this year and you win 106 games and you're stuck playing... Exactly. You don't need to play... Well, it's not... You obviously need to play the games, but But, those don't benefit you. And then does you're the Los Angeles Dodgers this year, wouldn't you like a lot more to get to go play a best two out of three than one game? Because they almost lost to the Cardinals... This year, they very easily they were one pitch away from losing to the Cardinals this year, that's, and they won 106 games. That's true. At and least with the have, best two out of three, it's not as fluky. So your best teams should move on. And they have home field advantage. Theoretically, we don't know this yet, but theoretically, they would have home field advantage throughout the all whole three series. of those games. Yeah. And so I think this is more incentivized for the division winners now than it was for oh, the best for team sure. in the yeah, wild yeah. card then. Because uh-huh. even even. When you were a two seed, you were still playing the three seed. You know, like you were still playing the third mm-hmm. best team in the MLB in that in the NL or AL, and that's still a tough. You know, that's still a tough game. That's a tough series. So I think, like, I don't know. I don't think this is as bad. Like, I don't think it hurts the division winners anymore. 
So we've got another update. Uh, just Heyman. Yeah, Heyman. So this uh, this is the union is basically saying the way that the the way that the owners are putting it is that the players have taken a big step back today and that yesterday was going fine. But the way that the union is trying to characterize it is there's there was already these masses massive differences and the tone hasn't changed. They've never been close. But yeah, the league's trying to tell us all different. So it doesn't is, sound like they're right now. It's a he said, she said. Good. We're, we're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna know and until this deadline. I'm all, I believe so, the players. I'm gonna be completely honest. with I you. I believe whoever gets us some baseball today. That's that's, true. that's, that's kind of where less. I am too. And, <laughs> and honestly, like where these negotiations have been, like over the last 24 hours, when we thought we were making progress and everything, everything was silent. We got a little tidbit here and there, but we kind of, for the most part, didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. When both sides start going public with their criticisms of each other and start finger pointing in the public eye, that's when you know that these these talks are breaking down. And within the last thirty minutes to an hour, it looks like that's what's happening. Yeah. And this is this is bad. This is really, really bad. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's not good at all. And I just I don't know. I'm just, it's so upsetting, you know, and like I've always been on the player's side, you know, with all everything. I'm always on the player's side because, you know, we all kind of, I mean, I don't know. Players are just much closer to our age, much more in the pop culture. You're always on the player's side, but like part of you is like, because, you know, you hear the people like always mm-hmm. complain. He's not signing his $10 million deal to stay yeah. in St. Louis, uh, just like, or the White Sox. He's going to play for the Yankees for 20 million. Like yeah. he really needs that more money, but like, I'm starting to get to the point in this lockout, like, come on, like, it can't hurt you that much. You know what I mean? Like, the, this luxury tax, the big deals, like, for the players at least, I know it's a couple million dollars, but they already make so much money. Like, it can't really hurt them that much. You, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is... I just want baseball. John Heyman, uh, a minute ago. Uh, players Union requested luxury tax figures of 238, 244, 250, 256, and 263. So steadily increasing over the next one, two, three, five years. MLB counteroffered with 220, 220, 220, 224, 230. That's not that, that big of a difference. Right. I mean, it's I know it is. Dude, huge. that's a big difference. That's true. Off. What was what, what was the last one? 256. It was, it was 263 against 230. They're $33 million So meet in off. the middle. Meet in the middle and do 250 Come on. It can't be that bad. Well, Neither that, side wanted wants to do that. Why don't we just, like, that's what I'm saying. If you meet in the middle, you both take off $14 million and you meet at two fifty for the final offer, and then, you, then you'll get more in 2027 when it's up. More tweets rolling out saying it has been told that MLB will make a take-it-or-leave-it offer by 5 o'clock. Do two fifty, and the players don't agree, then I think MLB did the best they could from their stance in the argument. I really do. If the MLB offers two fifty five and the players don't accept, yeah. I feel like I feel like just in terms of pure no- sides, just in terms of pure negotiation, the MLB went farther than the players did. The MLB made a decent offer. Like I'm, I'm not saying that I think it should. The luxury tax should be at whatever the MLB players are offering, but if they're offering from two twenty to go to two fifty six at the final, that's a big step. Or like two fifty to two fifty five, I feel like that should be accepted. So, I kind of want to take a step back here and, and look at this problem as a whole and how we've gotten here. Th- like, last year, we went through the same thing with COVID in the shortened season and everything. The Players Union, obviously, I side with them 
on yeah, most same things. Here. On same most here. things. I think everyone does. I think, yeah, yeah exactly. Few and far between are going to be on the other side. Yeah, I want to finish my point after Mickey, just so I can... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, problem. Yeah. You, you have, you're in the queue. <laughs> um, sorry to cut you off. No, but So, both sides just don't, I feel like value the health of the game as much I as they should. I completely agree. Because if they valued the health of the game, they would have met in the middle and this would be over and there would be a season. A hundred percent they would. Uh, I don't know. I, see, here's the thing. Like, Here's the thing where I'm going to sound like your old 45-year-old dad who's saying that they should have this, um, they already make enough money, you know? Like, And I think that it's a business, so if you're have a chance to make that much more money. If you have a chance to make an extra $10 million, you should go for it. I think the players mm-hmm. are doing the right thing asking for this luxury tax. But at a point, it's like, if they're not going to budge, play the game you love to play. Play the game for the fans. You're going to make a, so much money from playing. But that that's where you start to point to the guys on the league minimum. Like That's true. Like over the half league, the, I hope the league minimum is raised, and I believe it is. It is. Yeah. They got it. Which to me is like okay, so now we're looking at the top ten percent of players. Now we're looking at the top ten percent with the luxury tax, which starts to wane my sympathy for the Same. players a little. That's bit. That's what I'm saying is that just a little bit of me doesn't feel as sympathetic because now with the luxury tax issue, it's not your your bottom bench guys that are getting two hundred at bats in a season complaining anymore. It's your Paul Goldschmidt's, your Max Scherzer's, your Nolan Arenado's, your the biggest players in the game. Your um. Fernando Tatis is. I'm not saying these guys are complaining, but the guys that are in due for massive contract extensions are the guys that are going to be complaining about this because then they'll get paid more with the luxury tax being higher. You know. So I could be wrong, but they have agreed um, to this. This is reported. This is reported. Yeah, so basically, that they, the league yeah. the league minimum last year was five hundred and seventy thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now, what they've reportedly agreed to is $750,000, which is a significant increase $200,000 in the grand schemes of $750,000 is a lot exactly. of money. A lot of money. Yeah. So once you have that figured out, it's like, okay, so who are we really advocating for here? Is you add, it the you got it passed for the small guys. Now we're going to get passed for the big guys, you yeah. know? So, I don't know. It's just really interesting. And and in addition to that, another problem I have with the Players Association that nobody really talks about is they really just, like, leave the minor leagues on the back burner. Mm. They don't care. I think the minor leagues, yeah. They don't represent the minor leagues. That's not their job. But But, I feel like there's some sort of moral obligation to help out those guys because those are the guys making $30,000 a year. Most of them were minor leaders. They're eating Lunchables, you know, in between a doubleheader. It's it's a bad situation. They're working jobs in the Mm -hmm. offseason rather than working on baseball. Some of the stories are crazy. Especially, you know. Here's an apartment. We got three guys on this futon and, you know, two over there, and we're going to go hit one through five tomorrow. And the Players Association kind of just ignores that. I get maybe your low A. High A making thirty thousand, but once you get to double A, triple A, that's that's high high level baseball. They should be making a lot more than thirty thousand dollars a year at high double A and triple well, A baseball. Even, okay, so one thing that I don't get about this either is that as a team, from a team building standpoint, why would you want your minor leaguers if they are one swing adjustment away from fixing everything and being a quality major league starter? or even like a quality major league bench player, why would you want them 
to be working in the offseason and everything rather than working on their swing and being coached over the offseason. I totally agree. Because I 100% agree. if you were to bump up their pay by $30,000 a year, which is not significant at all. Even if you just got paid, yeah, they paid sixty, seventy thousand. Like, that's enough to be a living. You know, that's a teacher salary. That's enough to, you know, that's enough to live. You know, they can go by with that. You know. Yeah. Okay, so with exactly ninety minutes before the deadline, uh, the players' union has not received the final offer yet from the MLB. And regarding the minimum salary. They're currently fifty thousand dollars apart. Union is seeking seven hundred twenty-five thousand. MLB is at six seventy-five. Okay, so never mind. We we haven't agreed to minimum salary yeah. yet. All things considered, fifty thousand dollars doesn't you know it doesn't seem like that much. All yeah. in consideration of Meet what we're in dealing the middle with at here. Seven hundred. I feel like seven hundred and fifteen. But I think the, the, but the deal it is adds you don't up. want to meet in the middle. Yeah. It adds yeah. it adds it up does, too. Yeah. So if you have if you have you know twenty six players, I think now on your major league roster, and forty percent of those are on the league minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That adds up to you know a good also, half a million dollars. It also, if they're let's say MLB Players Association's offering seven hundred fifty, that means they're probably okay with going down a couple thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, you don't offer you don't offer you don't you offer know. the deal you actually want first. It's like you leaving know? Yeah. the the volume for the TV on like an odd number. You know, yeah, so you yeah, don't yeah. do that. You don't. Yeah, you offer at seven fifty. You're okay with seven twenty five. You mm-hmm. know, so like. I feel like there's that's what I'm saying with meeting in the middle is that they're okay with going down a little bit, but they're not gonna go, yeah. you know. So man. while we all uh, should we should we move on? Take well, a break. Yeah, we're gonna, while we we'll all kind of, while we yeah. all stretch our fingers and refresh Twitter a couple more times, we're gonna take a quick break, gather ourselves. I might have an interesting maybe a story. prayer circle, some stories. Yeah, yeah we'll, yeah. we'll be back in about thirty seconds. So don't go anywhere. Packed house is. Just about as crazy as it'll get right now, following live the MLB discussions in Jupiter, Florida. We'll be right back. Welcome back, back, packed house fans. We are in a whirlwind of trouble. We've got a storm brewing in Jupiter, Florida. The final offer is on its way from one side to the other right now. The three... Men who I cannot identify from this picture are walking over to the player's side to give them the proposition. And Grant, let's let's get some some good vibes going here. Think, you got a story for us? Yeah, I do. I think first, me and Mickey were just talking. We want to make clear uh, we are not saying the players shouldn't go get their bags and shouldn't go get that $400, $500 million contract or shouldn't get paid forty to $45 million, You know, They should. They should, yeah. But oh. we're just saying it comes to a point where we're hoping that the top 10% aren't complaining too much because they're already making so much money, you know? Well, and, and it's and it's ultimately taking the focus off of the guys that actually yeah. need this money, mm. the guys at the bottom of the league that are, are like, that $50,000 difference is huge for them in their livelihoods. So I, I think if we're focusing on the very, very top of the luxury tax, that doesn't necessarily affect the very, very, very bottom of mm-hmm. the league. The guys that really should and deserve more money. And, and, it, and it, the guys that it affects are the Albert Pools, you know, Mike Trouts, whatever. Not Albert so. Pools anymore, but yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 So, Grant, before I let you go and tell your story, we have one more update from John Heyman. Union request on the bonus pool was $85 million. MLB was at $25 million. Not close there either. Mm. And the final sentence is things look very bad. So, Grant, floor's yours. If I get any updates that seem very, uh-oh, 
Very good. Let's do some good or very anything, bad. Anything important. We might have yeah, to break fine. the story, but so the MLB, oh, wow. The final offer was on its way two minutes ago, and they came out approximately three minutes later. So hopefully oh. they just like, no, no, no. Hopefully they just like slapped something on the table, said, you guys deal with this, and then we'll see in a little bit. But so we're not making any speculations, but Grant, hopefully the story's good because. Well, I'm going to paint you a picture. Boys are down right now. <laughs> of my favorite season of baseball ever. It's the 2011 MLB season. So I'll paint you a picture. August 25th, the St. Louis Cardinals are 10 and a half games back from the Atlanta Braves for the, for at this point, there's one wild card spot for the wild card spot. 10 and a half back. Cardinals just come off a sweep by the Dodgers. The Cardinals go on to win 23 of their last 31, and the Atlanta Braves lose 11 of their last 31. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the last day of this season. You had the Rays going for the AL East. There's a game 163. The Cardinals might play a game 163. It's madness. Boston, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Boston, Baltimore. Baltimore making a mad comeback. Evan Longoria hits a walk-off home run. It's absolute craziness. So we're going to go to a day, a Sunday, September 24th. September 23rd, I'm sorry. Cardinals are down 1-0. At this point, they're three games back of the Atlanta Braves. With three, with five games to go after today, I believe five. Let me let me let me double check. Yeah, yeah. So you have four left. I'm sorry. There, there's five left in the game leading up to this. Cardinals are three back. It's one zero in the bottom of the ninth. The Braves already lost, so the Cardinals win. They're two back with four. Now, do you want to know who started this game between the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals? It was yes. started by. <laughs> These are some names that you're about to get. Oh, boy. The Cubs started Rodrigo Lopez. Okay. He threw six innings of no earned runs. The Cardinals started one of my favorite pitchers ever, Kyle Loesch. Seven innings, one earned run. I remember Kyle Loesch. Kyle Loesch yes. was the GOAT. <laughs> so then, so then we, let's fast forward to the bottom of the ninth. It's 0-0. Or it's 1-0 Cubs. Um, so the Cardinals at this point, their win percentage is negative 8%. So not very likely. There's one out. Lance Negative Berkman. Eight? Yeah, I don't know how that. I don't know how that comes in. But so Lance Berkman just hit a fly ball to center field. He's out. There's one out. Oh, Carlos Marmol is pitching. This is very important. Carlos Marmol, who I don't know if any of you guys remember Carlos Marmol. If he was off, he could not throw a strike. If you got hit off him, okay. he was a great closer for the Cubs. But once he was off, he was off. Matt Holliday singles the center. He gets pinched ran for by Tyler Green. And remember, this is the 40, this is when you could call up 40 teams to your MLB roster. And Tony LaRusso, oh, he used it to perfection in he September. Every with the single bullet he would in use the chamber. Every single bullet in the chamber. Pinch run, pinch run, pinch run. So Tyler Green comes on. Green is toying with Marmel. If I remember, he picked off like three times. Then Green steals second, advances the third on throwing air. So all of a sudden, the Cardinals have not even. It put the ball in play once, and they have a guy on third. David Free strikes out swinging, and then here's where it starts falling apart. Marmol, six-pitch at bat, walk to Yadier Molina, and here's where our guy comes in to play. Adrian Chambers pinch runs for Yadier Molina, who Yadier Molina is one of the slowest players I've ever witnessed in my oh, yeah. entire life. He is not a fast man at all. He's great at everything else. Second to David Can, Ortiz. Cannot run. Yeah, second to David Ortiz. <laughs> So then, Adrian Chambers is a bench player his whole career. I don't think he was even on the roster until September. He made the playoff roster. 
He's fast. He can't really hit, but he's a really good fielder. So he gets pinch ran for. He pinch runs for Yachty. There's first and third. Skip Schumacher gets a five pitch. Skip Schumacher comes to the plate. This guy sounds like Padres, someone who plays in like he the, was the 1800s. Padres, he, he raked on the Giants. Oh, yeah. He was the Padres bench coach last year. He just got hired by the Cardinals. Against the Giants. Yes. Not, he never yeah. played for he the Giants. He just got hired by the Cardinals as their assistant coach. My favorite Skip Schumacher memory is he hit a home run off a pitch that bounced. So, there we go. Vladimir Guerrero style. I think I remember that, yeah. Skip Schumacher, the best ever. He gets a five-pitch walk. That doesn't come off his shoulder. Marmol only throws a strike on 3-0. So, then you have you have bases loaded. Oh, no. I think it's over. Oh, no. Passing. I think it's done. Passing oh, no. My story. A I'm yeah. sorry, Grant, but passing yeah. a minute ago, tweeted with no context whatsoever. Y'all should know by now. And he was oh, the one who no. originally tweeted, there is no deal. There was never going to be a deal. So, And if he's saying this, he he is really good about doing his due diligence and everything. And No, it's over. It's over. We're not. There will not be a season on time. This is an embarrassment. This is awful. You couldn't get a deal done. In six months, you had six months to get a deal done. This is ridiculous. Like, the sport is suffering right now. It's suffering within the younger generation. Yeah. We're not seeing the financial effects of that right now. The owners mm-hmm. aren't, at least. But think of 30 years down the line when our generation are the ones raising the next ones. They're going to the NBA. Well, no, our generation will be raising the next ones to be baseball fans. It's the generation below us will not be baseball fans. Well, not even our generation. It's not, not even yeah. near as popular. Very, That's true. Not very common amongst the, you know, the kids, as they would say. And it's good it's that true. we at least know that this is an issue right now, but it is an issue that needs to be addressed, and this does not help. See, and and my thing is, is being from St. Louis, being from Chicago, and being from San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken, they're all three of the biggest baseball cities in the world. You know, especially... St. Louis for sure, in my opinion, because they don't have they only have the blues. Yeah. The Cardinals will always and forever have huge fandoms, have huge like I'm talking thirty years, fifty years from now, there will always be Cardinals fans. The Cardinals will always be the most popular team in St. Louis. They'll be huge fans there forever. I I'm a, I believe the same in San Francisco and probably yeah. the same for the White Sox. But I think you're gonna see a lot more teams thirty years down the line, Tampa Bay Rays situation. Where you're not selling out. You're going to have 15 teams that sell out their games. They're hugely popular. You know, the Yankees, the Sox, they'll always be popular. But you're going to have your Oakland A's, and you're gonna the Tampa m- Bay, your Rays, the the Reds, the Tigers. You know, just teams that aren't that widely popular now are going to get even worse. And you're going to have minor league teams bringing in more fans than you are. Yeah. And maybe not that. Like, the minor leagues are in serious critical danger right now. Yeah, it's, it, it's bleak for sure. I'm sorry, Grant. Continue your story. No, no, no. Do we have anything to say or should I? Uh, it's almost keep over. Going. It's keep almost going. over. Okay, okay, okay. So where I was is I just told everybody who Adrian Chambers is. Great guy. So we have a uh, first and third and a little guy named, I've never heard of him. I'm a Cardinals fan. Corey Patterson comes up to the plate. No idea who Corey Patterson is. Ryan Terriot. Pinch hits for him. Former Giant. Former scored Giant. Scored the game-winning run in Game 4 of the 2012 World Series in Detroit. Ryan Terrio comes up, and Adrian Chambers is messing with Carlos Marmol. He is, he's jumpy on first base. Marmol pick, keeps picking off with the guy on third. Well, Terrio gets walked. So then it's, it's, uh, it's 1-1, right? 
Here's where it gets crazy. Or no, it's 0-1. Base is loaded. And on one pitch, it's over. It's 1-0. Carlos Marmol throws a wild pitch. Oh, boy. Adrian Chambers is on second base. Oh, no way. On one pitch, on an 0-1 pitch, Adrian Chambers scores from second. The Cardinals walk it off, getting one hit. I think they only swung that inning twice. And Adrian Chambers, the greatest pinch runner ever, Uh, scores on a wild pitch (laughs) from second base. Don't disrespect Aiden's Billy Hamilton. Oh, Billy Hamilton is the best base runner ever. But I'm saying this is the clutchest. Because you have a pinch runner on third and a pinch runner on second. And here's the crazier part. He scores standing up. Wow. At home. Good. And the Cardinals win the game 2-1. I remember watching it with my dad because they lose that game. They, with four games left, being three back, not likely. Mm-hmm. Braves go on to lose five straight. And on that wild last day, the Cardinals have Chris Carpenter come to the mound. They win 8-0 versus the Astros. Carpenter throws a complete game shutout. Phillies, Braves goes into 10. Phillies win it. Cardinals go on to the uh, postseason. And the rest, whew. Not it's, to be confused I mean, with not to be confused with Matt Carpenter. No, Matt Carpenter, the Cardinal who, legend, who, whom who I also saw, rakes, whom I saw pitch this year at yeah, Petco, yeah, the second great, baseman pitching. Great guy. Ha- lost yeah. it, but those three years when Matt Carpenter was hot, oh, there yeah. was no sweeter left-handed swing in baseball. So then, I guess I'll just wrap up the 2011 Cardinals se- season. Possibly one of my favorite games ever. Game five of the NLDS. You have Roy Holiday versus. Chris Carpenter, and it's one of the best pitching duels ever. I think there's four combined hits in the entire game. Cardinals win it 1-0. Both pitchers went the distance. In Game 5 of the NLDS, Cardinals go on, beat the Brewers in 6, and then you have Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. My favorite game ever, David Freeze walk-off home run. Oh, yeah. Cardinals win it in 7. A lot of people's favorite game ever. I mean, Game 6, you have... The Cardinals are down to the last strike twice. Lance Berkman has the clutchest hit ever. David Freeze hits a uh, triple that scores Lance Berkman and Albert Pujols in the ninth. They're Berkman, down to their last strike in the series, too. Yes, in the entire series. So so in the bottom of the ninth, Cardinals are down by two. You have Nelson Cruz in right. I guess we'll just continue. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> yep. Nelson Cruz is a terrible this. right fielder. He's awful. He had never yeah, played not, right field in Bush Stadium. David Freeze just hits kind of a looping... A ball just kept going, you know, in the right field. And it looked like a home run at first, and this would have been a walk-off home three-run homer, but it hits off the top of the wall. And Cruz had so much time to just get under it, but he's just kind of jogging. Pujols and Berkman score. Freeze gets a triple. And then you go into extra innings. And then Josh Hamilton hit one of the farthest baseballs I've ever seen at Bush Stadium in the top of the 10th. Bottom of the 10th. Cardinals down to their last strike again. In the big Puma, Lance Berkman comes up. <laughs> And ties it again. And then David Freeze hits a walk-off in the bottom of the 11th. 10-9, to Cardinals win. They go on to win the whole thing. I think final score was 6-2 in Game 7. Speaking of names, Josh Hamilton. That guy was dangerous. High, unbelievable peak for his career. But his drop-off I want to talk about one so more player. Wait, Josh Hamilton, was he like the drug guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He played for the Angels and the Rangers. Not, he won yeah. the MVP in 2011, yes, yes. yeah. Okay. Matt Napoli. 
Do you guys remember him? Yes, I remember he, Matt Napoli. No. He played one of the best series ever in 2011 versus the Cardinals. He dominated the St. Louis Cardinals. Like He was easily going to win series MVP. And then David Freeze did David Freeze things. That series had so much. Because I don't know if you remember, Albert Pujols hit three home runs in a World Series game in Game 3. Yeah. And the Cardinals won like 15 to like 8 in Game game 5. I'm sorry. They won like 15 to 8 in Game no, it was game three. They won 15 to eight in game three. Crazy game. It's actually kind of crazy. I just had this thought. It's crazy since moving out here. Every World Series, every championship that people know in Northern California is like 2010, 2012, 2014, 2016, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because the Giants didn't make it the playoffs any of those other years, 2011, 13, 15, 17, whatever. And on a national level, what people remember isn't that it, and it's and it's stupid it's a stupid realization yeah. because duh that's one of the greatest series ever they don't remember the they don't let's really be honest, remember the midwest teams don't get love the rangers and cardinals isn't a sexy it's not a I it's mean, not a great series the cardinals do a little bit more but rangers cardinals it's yeah. not like mlb like it wasn't and it's probably one of the best world series series ever yeah like completely honest but it's the on a national scale, it's not as remembered, you know? Exactly. MLB's but, best and final offer. No changes to CBT thresholds. $5 million increase on pre-arbitration bonus from twenty-five to $30 million, And an increase on minimums from 675000 to 700000 moving up $10,000 a year. That's their final and best offer. And the way it's looking was... That's very similar to their original mm. offer. So... Obviously, it's not looking good, and it's almost even looking worse considering the progress that we thought was made and the progress that was said to be made, and here we are. This is embarrassing. This is an yeah. embarrassment to the this sport. Is, it's, it's horrible because it's for so many people, baseball is... I don't want to say like a getaway, but it's it's so much like it's baseball. Every day. Baseball it's something to, me, to look forward to every single day. It means think, so much. I think more so than other sports, there are more exclusively baseball fans that don't really follow any other sport. So once you kind of force them out and start to force them to look to other sports with something like this, where does it end? Besides going like, to the game in the summer, like I'm. Just middle of July, it's 100 degrees out. You know, there's nothing better going inside yeah. after you've been out by the pool all day or something. Going inside, turning on that 7:15 start on like a Wednesday night, mm -hmm. and just watching the game. Maybe playing some Xbox while watching the game on in the background, just or just watch sitting on the couch and watching the game for a couple hours. You know, going in between innings. Maybe you watch the first three innings. You come back three innings later. You know, that's the beauty of baseball. You don't have. To, I watch the whole game. Most of the time, but you don't have to. Yeah, you can turn the game on in the fifth inning and get the whole it's, game still. And that's, that's the beauty. That's the beauty if you, of it. you, on, yeah. if you don't have to watch the full three hours, like in football, you have to watch it all to really get the game. You got to watch it all. But you can turn on baseball in the eighth inning and you get thirty minutes of game time in. If you turn on hockey in the middle of the, you know, the third period, or like football in the middle of the third quarter, you, you're not getting the whole story. Like mm -hmm. you said, if you turn on a baseball game, or if you watch and, six innings of the baseball game and. But you watch the first three and the last three, you're going to get the whole story and still. you can look at a box score like you have your idea. Yeah. You have your idea. Oh, if you hit a home great. run, you hit a home run. Great. Paul Goldschmidt's two for three today. He's he's awesome, and as always. And, yeah. you know, or, they're, but if you look they're at, winning. If you look at, in football, 
Antonio Brown caught a 70-yard touchdown. You don't really know what— Was that a screen pass? Yeah. Or was, was it a, that yeah. him actually getting separation? A home run's a home run. There's not much to it. Like, it, you don't know where it went or how far it went, but if you look at the box score and see a home run, it's a home run. You can miss five games and still know exactly what happened. Yep. There was a stretch of games this year where I was moving in here and I was making friends and everything where I missed— Oh, yeah, a week 100%. and a half, a week and a half of baseball. But I checked the box score every single night, and I knew exactly what was going on. I knew yeah. who was hot. I knew who was not oh, hot. I, there's and no chance in the world I have ever watched every single inning, every single pitch of 162 Cardinal oh, season. Heck no, yeah. I don't even say I probably have only watched per season 80 games. I would say start to finish. But you still get so much in those seven, six innings you watch of the other 80. You know what I mean? Yeah. The players, okay, Evan Drellich, the players' response to this offer may determine whether Major League Baseball's opening day is postponed by a work stoppage for the first time in 27 years. Gaps between proposals appear significant, and the last hour has been marked by public animosity. That is the worst sign that you could possibly have when the two sides are yelling it out publicly. The final offer by the league was based on a 12-team postseason and five lottery slots in the draft. It's just the players want eight lottery slots in the draft. Like they're okay with 12. Why isn't there eight? I don't get it. It's not a big deal. Well, okay. So here's another thing: the owners want, if they want to be bad, they they want they basically want to be able to tank. Like they want to be able to cut spending and get a high draft pick as much as you possibly can in order. Oh, to, baseball's to trying to. We're rebuild. trying to not have tanking. And yeah, and the MLBPA like. is trying to eliminate that by not guaranteeing you the first overall pick and instituting a draft lottery. I that's perfect. I don't care about that. Like that's that's fine. Do it. And uh See, in football, Man. I get why there's not a draft lottery. Because football is a very different sport than baseball. You know, football, if you just don't have the physicals, it doesn't matter. But in baseball, you can piece together a roster for very cheap that's still competitive and good. You Look know? Look at the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland yeah. A's. They do it every year. Every, Look at the, you know. Look at. Anybody can do it. Look at the Marlins. Even in the shortened season, they did it. Look at the Cardinals last year. They won 19 straight games. Like, baseball, you're never really out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so disappointing. You can have look at the Giants last year. They had Triple A players and they won how many games? You know, and, and most of the big players, you know, who are on massive deals, like we were top ten in, in payroll, mm. but they were all hurt. They were all either hurt or played significantly small roles, and they were all players that that had gotten those contracts from the previous regime. From the Bobby Evans regime. Yeah. So it wasn't even like the guys that actually contributed, I guarantee you, 80 to 90% of our war came from guys that were being paid under $10 million or under $12 million if you want to include Tommy LaStella. Like it, it's, yeah, I don't know. I just really like those teams that don't spend a lot of money. And it's really scary that we are not spending money in all of our. Players, our contracts are up because we're going to spend, start spending money. And it's really disappointing that this lockout is preventing us from picking up one of these top free agents. Oh, yeah. Same with the Cardinals. Like, this is one of the most exciting for at least a Cardinals fan off seasons. There's going to be in a while because the Cardinals have so much money. They have bad contracts finally off the boot book, like Matt Carpenter. And they have a chance to spend. And they can't because there's a lockout. And heartbreaking, too, is. 
for me, at least as a Cardinals fan, Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright are two of my idols, you know, like my favorite players ever. And they both said, we're giving it one last run. Well, if there's not a season, their last run is they don't get one, you know? Two of the most, especially Yadier Molina, first ballot Hall of Famer, easy. Adam Wainwright teetering on maybe being a Hall of Famer, has no chance to submit his legacy, has no chance to give it one last run for a World Series. You know, it's it's stories like that that are even worse. You yeah. know, there's more guys, I'm sure, than just Yachty and Wainwright, too, that have stories like that. And you know the most disappointing thing is? The last week of school, there's a Giants-Cardinals series that we were going to go to, and now it I was gonna be might home on, be messed up. I was going to be home on spring break for Sox opening day. That's and such – it's been a thing in my family. You know, My grandpa, my dad, my uncles, my cousins, everything. Sox opening day is this big – you know, it's – it's like it transcends generations, you know, like everyone went in that generation. Now everyone goes in my generation. It's just this big deal. And I was so excited to be home and God, yeah, bless that's America. I'm feeling about, I might've been going to a Cardinals Red Sox game at Fenway this season. Well, it's not dead yet, but it's, Oh, well, but I'm saying the season's going to get, the schedule's going to get changed hundred percent. And this is, I mean, I could care. You know what? I, I'm not going to say that, but the last time, that the Sox were supposed to be good. 1990, lockout. Here we are again, just short end of the uh, stick. The Sox were well, good last year. Well, COVID shortened year. They get good again, and, you know, we got some disease from China coming over, and that ruins it. And now Wait, we how got... many games were there last year? How many games did we play last year? There was 162 last year. Was last year. Yeah. That's yeah. what I said. They were good last it was, year. It was limited. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm was, saying, yeah. like, the year before that and the playoffs being, it's just. Yeah, it's... Last year, they were good. Yeah, it's, it was the limited attendance that kind of made it feel weird, yeah. like through mm-hmm. like April, May, and June, at least in San Francisco. Same with, yeah, <laughs> yeah, St. Louis didn't have open till middle of June. We we didn't open till like August. Yeah, it was a Dodger series. I was there. It was freaking nuts. I was at the Rodon, uh, the Rodon no hitter when they were still at ten percent capacity. So it's it was kind of crazy. Like oh, it was yeah. loud, it was but like yeah, but like you could you could literally. I was in the five hundred level. You could hear me on the final out. You could hear me scream. Yeah. I swear. You can go back and watch the broadcast. You can hear me. Yes. I was all the way up in the 500 level. The St. Louis tickets were expensive, too. So I never went to a game with COVID-like restrictions. It's an experience, especially in California, where like they have the vaccine sections and everything like There's that. There's vaccine sections. Oh yeah, no they they like they oh, yeah, no, we didn't let specific no. sections be a hundred percent capacity. Wow! If you were vaccinated, and you had to bring your vaccine. That's card interesting. And everything. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. It was it was a re- it was really cool to be a part of because that's like something that I'm going to tell my kids about. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's such a unique time and whatever. So mm. I'm glad I I'm glad I did it. Um, you know, I kind of want to hit on again like more of what we were talking about before with. The national, like, I wonder if Aiden, kind of being Midwest guy too, has any like memories like this, like of what? Just like that, like things that we remember, like maybe the 2005 White Sox. I was a little too young for that, but but still, like you remember it, and mm -hmm. like or like the 2006 World Series for the Cardinals, and like 11 is like especially 2011 around here, like Game Six. You go closer, you get to St. Louis. You say Game Six that anybody. I don't even care if they're not a sports fan. My grandma, who well, she's a Cardinals fan, but anybody. You know, you could go to some to a lady to a guy that's never watched baseball before, and he'll know what Game Six is in St. Louis. You know, and it's just crazy to me. It's not that big on a national level. I will say, Aiden, uh, the 2005 World Series. The only reason that I kind of know it exists is because I clicked on like an article that was like mm-hmm. the Forgotten World Series, oh, yeah, yeah. and I read yeah. and I read for like two hours about yeah, the 2005 World Series. Four complete games. It was. 
it's crazy statistically, but like I, I'm just saying, I don't like obviously I remember it. And I know the history of the team exactly. and everything. Yeah, but I was what? Dude, I was what four? That's how I feel with 2006, and like mm-hmm. with the Yadier Molina home run versus the Mets in NLCS. No one remembers that either. They just remember the robbery. Cardinals beat the Mets in the NLCS because of Yadier's home run. Like, there's so many moments in my head that I remember from history that I realize is not that big on national level. Like, you yeah. know, like it's just crazy to me. Like. It's weird. Yeah. Right. Like, do you like, guys know the go crazy home run, the Ozzy Smith home run? Yeah. That, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I was hoping that would be that was national. But like it's weird to think of like just memories and big moments in your own team's history that isn't big on like a national stage. How much of 2010, 2012, 2014 do you guys remember? Oh I remember a lot of it. Okay. Of at least of twenty twelve and twenty fourteen because oh, the yeah. Cardinals lost mm-hmm. to the Giants in it. But I two thousand ten I was too young. I'm in okay. I was like seven. Source yeah, players I remember. are expected to vote no on best and final MLB proposal, which we already knew by this point. Ugh. Once the union formally responds, barring a mere, barring a surprise, MLB is expected to make their official announcement of a delayed 2022 regular season. Good job, guys. We so, did it. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, happy March Madness, everyone. Um, my question is, if there's not a season, what are people going to talk about about sports in like mid July? With what about that KBO? Formula what are they doing one? over there? Formula what, are they, what are the KBO doing? Formula One. I'm not watching guys drive a car. Absolutely here's my thing. The, there's there's Formula no Formula One's sick. No the way. MLS will be the only. The MLS will be the only I'm college not watching baseball. Soccer either. No, no, no. I'm I don't saying, know what I'm no, 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 no. I'm talking about. I'm talking about. No, no. Just listen to me. Mid July, the only major men's at least sports league going on will be MLS. I'm I mean, sorry, so, but I will still WNBA, not watch the MLS. WNBA and MLS will be the only two major leagues going on. Well, and, and college baseball will be July. Not in middle of July anymore. I think it ends about June-ish. Oh, no. Yeah. But like August? I'm talking about once the NHL regular season yeah. ends over. in May for college yeah, baseball. So then college World Series about mid-June. So it's about over by that time. So once the NHL is over, the college World Series and the NBA, there is like no sports to talk about if the MLB doesn't play. MLS wow. is the only thing. MLS and WNBA are the only two sports leagues. Guys, we can't complain about labor talks on every single episode for the next four months. We can't do well, it. Well, we we'll be, they're going to well, run us well, into the ground. Well, well, we'll be good. We'll be good the next few weeks. Yeah, we, March, we got March Madness. Madness. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm thinking is, just for everyone listening, we were supposed <laughs> to talk a lot about the NCAA uh, basketball. We didn't. Next Tuesday, we'll have some. Um, there's some conference tournaments this week, so we'll have some. Tickets punched. We will definitely cover those. The weekend after, after Selection Sunday, probably be talking about some brackets. And then obviously we're going to be covering the weekend after March Madness. So we will be covering college basketball almost exclusively for the next three weeks without a doubt. Well, next Tuesday is when is the day before uh, conference tournament starts. Well, no, there's conference tournaments this week. Some not Mm -hmm. as major. Well, the SEC. Oh, not yet. Next week Mm -hmm. is the Power 5 tournaments all start. But there's some big big conference tournaments. The Missouri Valley is going on this week. There's There's very good college basketball games tonight. Those are the best. In my opinion, I love Mm -hmm. watching the teams everything on the line. The SEC tournament is fun. If there's an underdog, but once you get to the final four teams, you know who's all, getting in, and they're all getting yeah, in. Yeah, they're anyway. all getting in. Yeah. in. The, this week of, is the most fun because these teams have to win to continue yeah. their season. For those of you who don't know or don't call, follow college basketball, first of all, what are you doing? Second of all, in college basketball has what is it? Twenty two conferences in Divisional Division One. Like more. I Wait, no, no, it's 20, thirty. 30, it's 30, it's half of the field. It's thirty two. 
Yeah. 64 divided by 2 is 32. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's and then there's yeah. 36 at large bids, I believe. So, so every single conference winner goes to the tournament automatic bid you're in. Tournament winner, not regular season. Exactly. So these smaller conferences that don't have probably a single team that, that would get, get that bid. would get an at large bid will send one team and it will be the winner of that tournament. And so everything is on the line. So like the big sky out west or Horizon like, League, um, Patriot the League. American East. Like, exactly. I like the Horizon League. Yeah. The the um SWAC, the, the Sun Belt, yeah. the um, not the A10. The Sun Belt might get two. The Atlantic or... Sun. The yeah. You know, there's a lot of like the Florida Gulf Coast, the UMBCs, like Conference USA might only get a, one or two. Like there's a lot. And these are the schools in March Madness that we we love watching because they you know they're a, they're a the underdogs. 14, they're the ones that win. They're, yeah, they're, they're a 14 the ones, seed yeah. that makes a run to the Sweet 16. They're the NCAA teams that make March Madness March Madness. And although it's not March Madness yet. Just before we get out of here, I'm going to give you guys a couple games to watch tonight for sure. Are there conference tournaments so games? Or we... The best game that I think, and the line makes no sense to me betting-wise, but I've been infatuated these past couple weeks with Big East basketball. They oh, have been some of the best games. So much fun to watch. I love it. Tonight, yeah. we got Providence at Villanova. Villanova. That is a great Villanova game. has not lost at home. Providence is a nine, is the nine seed right now. Villanova is 11. Providence has played some crazy games down the stretch. Providence, some bad games and some really good games, too. Providence comes in as a 10-point underdog to this game. That seems Woo! absurd to me. So that's one. And another that's one the tonight. cover on Providence. Another one tonight is Wisconsin-Purdue. The 8 and the 10. They're in Wisconsin. Wisconsin's getting three at home. But I just think those two games tonight are just going to be insane. Followed by, if you really want to burn the midnight oil, with which after last night I don't Out think West. I can. Arizona-USC, the 2 and the 16. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know. That's go Pac-12. Yeah, that's, give me yeah. as much okay. Pac-12 basketball as In you this, possibly this can. This sounds terrible. Okay, <laughs> listen. To, hear me out on this one too. Six o'clock game. Kansas. The first round of the Horizon League. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. got Green Bay five and twenty-four versus the Detroit oh. Mercy thirteen and fourteen. Detroit Mercy might be one of the most fun teams to watch in the entire NCAA Division One basketball. Watch that game. It's a Fun team to watch. They could make a run yeah. and win that Horizon Miz- League. Tournament. They're not winning the Horizon. Mizzou League. guy, our Amari Davis, the transferred from Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, all- the winner of that will be uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. Oh, I'm Purdue right Fort now. Wayne is very good. And they are very. They might a, pull an upset. A off. sleeper. They're going to beat Cleveland State to win the tournament. Book it now. But Youngstown State. Mm-hmm. Penguins, they're yeah. going to be a sleeper. So you got a lot of first-round action. It really heats up for conference tournaments-wise. You start getting quarterfinals tomorrow. What channels are these on? Like, what no, networks ESPN have the right? Plus. Everything. ESPN+. Yeah, Plus, yeah. And then once you once they get into the uh, like quarterfinals, semifinals, they'll be on ESPN. Be on ESPN yeah. Okay. But, like, the big games tonight, like, uh, I know for a fact Wisconsin-Purdue will be on ESPN. And then the Big East games is at 530. It's probably a Fox Sports 1 deal. Yeah, um, definitely Fox Sports yeah, 1 deal. Yeah, because they're uh-huh. so... Uh, guys, it's 3.03. Mickey has class. I will say it does feel good to smile at the end of this show. Um, College basketball's got us for the next month yeah, and a half. But also, easily. there's going to be a, a lot still to talk about, and let's just hope for the best. Next week, I will be doing this show, and then I will be yes. driving to mm-hmm. St. Louis to fly to Tampa, Florida to go yes, cover and call the SEC men's basketball tournament. Hopefully the Tigers make a little run. Maybe maybe they win the SEC tournament. Maybe Mickey's their good luck charm. <laughs> we, can, we can hope. They're, they're definitely... We uh, do have, hey, the Mizzou women's tournament, I believe. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Thursday? 
Wednesday uh, or Thursday, Thursday at noon. Thursday at noon. Thursday at noon. They just had a huge win off Florida. Without three of their best players. A couple wins from Mizzou. There's, I'd say, one win, and they're a mm-hmm. lock for the tournament. So I think they're so on too. the bubble right now. They should it's get a little in with risky. A win. With that 15, they beat 15 seed Florida. Well, that should put them in. Who do they get on Thursday? I know if they win, they play South Carolina, but who do they have? If they win Thursday, they should. Who do they get play in? Thursday? Arkansas, my I think. Okay. I think. Uh, Can you confirm that? They are 0 and 6 against Arkansas the past three years. I think. I okay, saw. When now? I'm pretty sure it they is Arkansas. Play, because that would they make play sense. They play Arkansas in the second round. Yeah. They win. Yeah. I don't think. No, I don't think they play South Carolina if they win. Okay, I could be wrong. I, that might because be they're not. Else. They're not the right seeds. Mickey, look it up real quick. I'm looking it up. Well. I'm, look I'm up on the NCAA it. NCAA women's the SEC women's tournament. I'm almost more interested. Okay, th- I never mind. I I'm will definitely. We will definitely be talking about from a Mizzou standpoint. I'm definitely more interested in the women's tournament than the men's tournament. 100%. But because oh, I'm yeah. covering the men's tournament and I'm going to see some really great teams. Oh my god, I can't wait. It's going to be so Auburn. fun. Oh yeah, I know. Well, and, and we're going to stay for a lot of the day on Friday. We're going to fly back Friday night. Unless something crazy happens with Mizzou, uh, yeah, they play South Carolina. In the, they would play South Carolina in the third round, but unless yeah. something mm-hmm. crazy happens, we're probably gonna p- fly back Friday night, which means we're gonna see most of the games on Friday. Now, what's Mizzou's schedule looking like? Who who are we? The men. Who the do they play? Men will play Ole Miss, Ole Miss yeah. and if they, oh, they should beat Ole Miss. They we, beat Ole Miss. The Mizzou has so beaten Ole Miss, killed Ole Miss twice. Yeah, they killed them. They at, play next Wednesday. They, they dominated them one time, and then they played them really close the next time. Well, is that is that locked in yet? Because Mizzou still has a couple games left. They play tonight. They're seven point underdogs against uh, South, Carolina. South Carolina, and then they wrap up the season at home on Saturday against. Yeah, Georgia. I think they can. They can move up a little bit. They can move. No, I don't. I don't think they can move over Vanderbilt. They're two games back of Vandy. If they win both and Vandy loses both, I don't think they go over them because I think Vandy has the head-to-head. So so it looks like we're stuck against Ole Miss, yeah. Yeah, so it's Ole Miss, wait, 2022, Ole Miss, and then that means... So the middle of the SEC is an absolute mess right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not that good. Mizzou could win two games. Well, and, and Mizzou could get... Anywhere between LSU, Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama, South Carolina, probably not Alabama, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. Like yeah. in the second round, those are the entire. Those are all the possible teams that Mizzou can play mm-hmm. in the second round. And they round. could be, win all those games. It's an absolute madhouse in the middle of the Let's SEC. Get to the, if we get to the quarterfinals, that's when it starts getting a little exciting for Mizzou. If they they're not making the tournament. Games. They're not making the tournament. No, but, but going on an SEC tournament run. Quarterfinals would That'd be, be exciting. Fun. That That'd would be, be fun. fun if we make the quarterfinals. It would also be a nightmare because we'd have to change our flights. Yeah. But I would be very happy about that. Be a nightmare you'd be willing to have. Exactly. Yes. It'd be a, both a nightmare and a blessing. Mm-hmm. Well, the way things are going, uh, it, it looks like we're we are officially at the point where our hope has flipped we're from the MLB. We're a college basketball show now. Yeah. We are a basketball Best tournament pod. in the world. We are a basketball pod. Oh, we're going to have NBA playoffs to talk yeah, about. We'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, we got content coming. Maybe we'll, I got some Formula we'll 1 content. Formula 1 content. Wow. Maybe <laughs> I'll maybe I'll start talking about maybe some soccer too on the show. There you go. We'll we'll expand our reaches. We got to it's the lockout season. We got to talk about minor yeah. league baseball. We got to talk about everything. Well, Boys, it was a pleasure. Uh, not exactly the best circumstances, but we will be back here at the same time next week. That will be 2 o'clock on Tuesday for Aiden O'Connor, Grant Salzman, Mickey Doolittle. We hate to be the bearer of bad news, but... 
That's the way today went. There is no MLB season. (laughs) Enjoy the sports. Yeah, well, or don't. (laughs) 